Good day, everyone. Welcome to the CSU Relentless Gardener podcast. I am Colorado State University horticulture specialist, Linda Langelo, and joining me today is Colorado Master Gardener, Krista Gay from Douglas County. Now let's get to the heart of it where we explore the horticultural topic of container gardening. Hello, Krista. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So what got you interested in container gardening? Well, you know, I had a beautiful garden in my backyard, grew lots of vegetables, lots of flowers, and then I got dogs. And my dogs love to eat my tomatoes, my roses. They eat everything down to the bottom. They'll pull them out. Eat, they eat the thorns, roots, and all. So I had to think about how was I going to move my garden away from my puppies. I have large dogs, they're mastiffs, so about 150 pounds each. So to move something, there's no way to get away from them. So I moved my gardening area to my front yard and decided to do container gardening along my driveway. It started with a few pots and now this last year had about 65 different cut types of containers along my, along my driveway. Oh my gosh. And that many containers, how long does it take you to water them? Well, the nice thing is a lot of container gardening, you can hand water. I do a lot of hand watering every morning. And when the weather gets warmer, a lot in the evenings, more than, you know, once a day, some of my pots along the part of my driveway that backs up to the grass, I have drip lines that run to them. So I don't have to water those by hand. I like to water by hand because you're much more likely to check your plants out every day when you water by, by hand. You look at you know any pests, any diseases that may be growing on them. And you really notice what your plants are doing when you water them by hand versus the hose does it and I may not check it. That's a good point. And do you allow the water to come out of the bottom of your pot? I do. So one of the most important things about um, watering your containers is making sure you have enough drainage. Drainage is absolutely important because you do not want your soil to get so waterlogged that you get root rot or fungus that grows inside of there. Um, drilling holes in the bottom of your pot is a great idea if they're plastic pots or wooden um, whiskey barrels. If you can't drill holes for drainage, a good thing to do is buy a, a light, inexpensive pot liner, drill holes in that, and then set it on top of a brick inside your pot that may be porous, and then it can still drain out. Good idea. What makes a can container gardening so popular today? You know, container gardening is a great way, first off, to experiment with things. You can experiment with colors or plants or different ways to grow things without spending a huge amount of money. You also don't have to tear up a huge area of your lawn. It's a great way to experiment and jump in without the huge um, design commitment without a landscaping plan. Um, the other thing about 
container gardening is the way you can control it. You can control the sunlight your plants get. If they're getting too much, you can move them. If they're getting too little, you can move them. You can control the water. You can, it's also a great way to control pests and other diseases that might get to your plants. You can see it immediately. When I grow my dahlias, I like to grow them alongside my vegetables in pots. If one of them comes up with a disease that I don't want anything else to catch, I can immediately see that, pull it up and get rid of it without it interfering with my other plants. And also I can get rid of that soil so that it doesn't contaminate anything else. When you get ready in the springtime to prepare your 60 various <laughs> containers, what type of soil preparation do you do? So the good thing to remember is not to reuse your soil from year to year. That way you don't carry any pests or fungus from one year to another and contaminate your plants. I don't like to waste that soil, so I tend to use it somewhere else in my yard, um, either on my grass or in another outdoor bed. Um, but it's important to also find a soil. I use container or raised bed soil that I buy from one of the big box stores. Um, that way I know that that soil is created especially for container gardens. It usually has vermiculite, um, an extend release fertilizer so that it doesn't get as compacted when I'm using it. The one thing about knowing what kind of soil you're using in there, most potting soils, container soils, raised bed garden soils, come with a slow release fertilizer, which is excellent for pots. You really have to watch your fertilizer because there's a lot of drainage going on that doesn't go on in a in-ground bed. That, keeping that in mind, you also need to remember that most likely you need to refertilize in halfway through the season and either add more slow release fertilizer or maybe a water soluble fertilizer every two weeks in order for your plants to grow. Our Colorado conditions really require that we refertilize containers mid season if we want to produce the most blooms or the most vegetables from our containers. Do you use a balance like 10, 10, 10 or 20, 20, 20? when you fertilize? You know, I usually look at what the container um, soil has as theirs and follow what, it, what has already been in there. So I keep it consistent. Good, good idea, good idea. Do you have any compost somewhere on your property that you uh, add to the soil or do you leave that totally out? I usually purchase a mushroom compost compost and mix it in with the soil as well when I'm doing it. I like that light feeling of it and the nutrients that that provides for my containers. That mushroom compost is great compost. I love it. It just seems to be my favorite. It's what works best for me. When, when I was uh, back east in Pennsylvania in Kennett Square, uh, they had a mushroom uh, place and we used to get all of the old soil and that just, you know, you snap your fingers and everything is 
is twice as large and twice as green. It's amazing. Exactly. It really works well. <clears throat> and so I usually keep it in a big Rubbermaid tub in my garden area and I add it to everything. I add it to my in-ground beds as well as my containers. Um, that's the other nice thing about having containers. You can really play with the soil mixture easily versus an in-ground garden. When you're doing a container, the and one important thing to remember is that you should not use native soil in a container. Our soil is very clay based and it will compact and that's really hard on your plant roots. We forget that the plant roots really need to breathe. Those little tiny roots, they need to breathe and clay and water soaked um, soil doesn't allow that. And then we suffocate those poor little plants and they don't make it. That's exactly, you're right on point. And I, I remember in, uh, when I worked in New Mexico, there was a extension agent and he told us a story about these folks that went to Arizona and they liked one of the cactus out there and they brought it home and they potted it up, you know, and, and one morning they're both waking up and this, this large pot that they had placed in the front window of their bedroom started cracking and they were like, well, what's going on? And so they went over to examine and they started to see these little baby rattlesnakes. And oh my so goodness. they had to call <clears throat> wildlife division. And so, so you know, you don't that's a, know. You don't that's know a whole nother reason. I love it. That's a whole nother reason not to use native soil. You, you have no idea. And I guess they, they didn't see the eggs or whatever, but they just, they wanted that cactus and, you know, and... and the other thing is, you know, people shouldn't be really digging up other native plants from places. Right. You, know, you don't want to go out into the open space behind your house and dig up something that is one, not yours, and two, could cause you some major problems. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, if it's one of a few left in that ecosystem, you know, you're further, you're disturbing that and you're damaging, you know, a place for pollinators and and it's just when it's gone there's a void yes and so many things may rely on that on that plant absolutely absolutely so what suggestions do you have for the audience for making the containers look their best what do you do well i love to experiment with different plants using your containers as a place to test out perennials that you may want somewhere else in your yard the following year is an excellent way to decide, do I like this? Do I not like it? Will it grow well here? So a lot of my containers have perennials that I am trying out around plants that I already know I like to grow in containers. So with my dahlias, I will put my dahlia bulbs in, you know, in a few weeks when the weather's a little bit warmer and then around them, I will plant some perennials that I want to try. Then it saves me money, my pots are beautiful and I've already purchased plants that I can replant in the fall without having to purchase things twice. I like to grow my vegetables in my containers. Um, I grow everything from pumpkins and gourds, squashes, 
to cucumbers, tomatoes, and herbs. I grow my vine vegetables on a trellis in the center of the pot, growing upward. The vines will create the amount of strength that they need for the vegetables that they are growing. So I can have a watermelon or a pumpkin or a large squash growing on a trellis, which looks amazing when they are hanging down. They also don't get any rot on the bottom of them because they're not sitting on the ground. They're not sitting wet anywhere. So they turn out their shape is you know, more, much more perfect than when I grow them on the ground. Their color is beautiful and I can rotate my pots if you don't make them too heavy. I have done that, made them too heavy and not been able to move them. So I have to really think about what plants I'm going to move if they are heavy. I have been known to put them on um, wheels so I can turn them around. So they get the most sunlight that I want them to have. And then around those, I will plant other plants, different vegetables. In the spring, I like to plant my um, snap peas and carrots around a tomato trellis. And then the peas can grow up the tomato trellis. And as the weather gets warmer and they're still finishing out their cycle, I can plant a tomato plant in the center. And then by the time they're done, the roots of the tomato plant have been protected from the sunshine. The plant is growing well. And then I can pull those out and I already have my tomato plant growing in there. So I try to get as much use from spring to fall because in the fall I can once again, plant my peas and as the tomatoes finish up my peas are coming up I can pull out the tomato plant and still get peas later in the fall the same with kale or onions or anything I want to plant around them you really have an extended season with those containers which is something that I don't think a lot of people consider as well as you're demonstrating to folks that Perennials can overwinter in containers, which is a question that pops up from time to time uh, in extension. Can I grow absolutely? This, can I grow this perennial, you know, in a container? Absolutely, and they love to be in the containers. And some of my perennials I'll bring in the house. They're beautiful. My, you know, some of those plants that are more tropical that I put out on my patio or on my front porch for the summer that look beautiful, then I can bring in for the winter and they are gorgeous in my house. There's so many things you can do with containers. Um, this year I tried crossing my fingers because that's what gardening is, crossing your fingers most of the time and hoping for the best. Um, I planted bulbs in my containers, all of them, all 60 some, I planted 500 bulbs in my containers hoping that they will come up this spring and that I can have bulbs growing there then after they bloom I'm getting ready to xeriscape my front yard and I plan to put all those daffodils which are very drought tolerant into my xeriscaped yard once they've bloomed so that then I can have those transferred over but my pots hopefully will still be beautiful this spring as they grow. We'll cross our fingers and see. I do think gardening is mostly an experiment all of the time. Um, I've had plants where I just thought they did not look good in my pots or not look good in my garden, but I can't, I don't have the heart to get rid of them because I feel bad. So I actually have a garden on the side of my house that I call my 
you know, wayward plants that I didn't love, they just get stuck there because I don't want to get rid of them, but I don't love them that much. And it's turned into a beautiful garden, surprisingly. Everybody loves it. They walk by, they're like, this is the most unique garden. Yes, it's all the plants I didn't love in the beginning. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> you you really do have quite a system. And yes, weather is uh, unpredictable in Colorado, not just extremes, but <clears throat> unpredictable. Do you do anything for hail protection? I do not. I'm one of those people who thinks, give me what you're going to give me and I'll hope for the best. Now I will in the spring, depending on what happens, haul, well, I won't. My husband and my boys and my daughter will haul all 65 of my pots into the garage if I'm going to get a freeze and I've already planted. <laughs> oh my and then goodness. the neighbors laugh, laugh as we have pulled pots in on skateboards, um, sleds, you name it, we're pulling everything into the garage. <laughs> you should have a container party and get the neighbors together and teach right. them. Well, I should because they're, you know, the beneficiaries of a lot of my vegetables. It's <laughs> amazing how much you can grow in a container. My, I give vegetables to all of my neighbors. Um, I store all my squashes and my onions over the winter. In fact, we just ate the last butternut squash last night. Um, so that we, ha we have a lot of vegetables. We pickle all our cucumbers. Um, but last year for the Give and Grow program, I was able to give 80 pounds of produce to our local shelter from my container gardens, which is, I was so excited that I could give those to them. And so do you have some kind of a estimate as to how many containers actually had vegetables mixed in? Um, out of the 60 some, I would say probably at least 50 of wow. them have a, some sort of a vegetable or herb planted around the flowers. Even my dahlias, I planted onions and um, scallions, green onions, red onions um, around my dahlias so that I can get something out of every pot, even if it you know, only has flowers in it, it usually has something else hidden within it. And I like to pack my pots with as many plants as possible. It's great for reducing evaporation, shading the roots of the plant, so you don't have to use so much water. So the more things, it's surprising, the more beautiful pots are, when you go to a store and you look at a garden store and they have beautiful pots, and you look at them and think, my pots never look that way, it's usually because you didn't put in as many as they did. I always think when I'm doing my pots, even just my beautiful annual pots, whatever I think is enough plants, I almost double it because you really wanna squash them in there. And the best thing to do is have something tall, you know, something that's, you know, shockingly tall and beautiful, catches your eye, it's that thriller plant. And then, which sometimes for me is my, one of my vegetables, maybe a pepper plant. Um, and then you want a filler and you want a lot of fillers. So if you're planting a, you know, a, a whiskey barrel, you might put in 30 or 40 flowers to, as those fillers. And then you want something that spills out, that gives that texture as it's coming down. 
I like potato, sweet potato vines in all of my container pots because at the end of the season, I undo those pots and they have sweet potatoes at the bottom, which I also store and we eat. So those beautiful things, even the little light green ones that you find at your local, um, your local garden store, those little green decorative ones, they still grow sweet potatoes that you can you know, slice and fry. My family loves them. So then I'm getting food from every pot and I've done enough plants that they are beautiful and they're still producing. And with enough plants, I'm also conserving that water. Have you tried any of the more compact vegetables like baby broccoli, broccolini, or Tom Thumb for peas? I have, and they do really well in container pots, especially if you have a small area, if you live in an apartment, um, if you're, they're not along your driveway, my driveway, I do like them much larger, but in some of my pots, I like those very um, condensed plants. They produce a great deal and they don't take up so much room. What's the largest pot that you have versus the smallest one in the in your 60 to 65 containers? Oh, you should come, you would laugh. Um, so the largest ones I have are large whiskey barrels. And those are usually where I grow my, my viney plants, my squashes um, and my gourds and my pumpkins. But I love to go to Goodwill and I will look for any container that I can use. I have whiskey barrels, I have some porous clay pots, I have tin buckets that I have found. Um, I have a really pretty umbrella stand that I fell in love with and I grow, I can grow all kinds of things in that. I have teeny tiny um, plastic buckets that came from, you know, when you get a gift at Christmas with lotions in it. I will plant in anything that is from anywhere. The only thing I make sure is that there's no toxins in that container, especially if it's something I'm going to eat. But otherwise, you name it. My neighbors laugh. They're like, oh my goodness, you have every kind of pot out here that you could imagine. It doesn't mean that you have to spend a ton of money to make a container garden. You can do it with anything you have in your house, anything that you can plant in, Try it. It will work. It, it's called recycling. It is called recycling. Upcycling, recycling. Yeah. I love it. I have planted in everything. I plant, like I said, in an umbrella stand. I've planted in old colander, colanders. Um, if I can find it and I can put dirt in it and somehow make the drainage work, I will plant in it. You ought to send a, a, a photo to me sometime. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions uh, for the most ideal plants that you found that works in some of your containers? I have had a lot of luck with um, actually growing echinacea or the coneflower. They do really well in um, containers and they add that bright pop of color. Um, I really like those. I also really love to grow clematis in my containers. They make a great, you know, thriller in the center of a, um, 
of a container and then I tend to move them and plant them somewhere else so that I have them somewhere else as they grow bigger, but I like to start with them. I think they're great. Well, that's wonderful. Have you uh, used things like super bells in, in some of your containers? I have. Love those. And um, going, going back um, with uh, some of your perennials that you've used for centerpieces, do, do some of them get to stay or do you transfer them out uh, more often? Usually I transfer them out. Um, I do like to keep lavender in there. They seem to like the container and do well over the winter. Um, they don't have a problem staying over the winter. Some of those, I like to put geraniums in a lot of my containers especially along plants that, and they're not perennial, obviously, um, along my plants where Japanese beetles tend to congregate. Um, Japanese beetles are drawn to geraniums, but they have, the plant has a toxin in them that will paralyze them when they, you know, have a little brunch there, and then I can sweep them up and get rid of them. So I usually put pots of geraniums around, especially my dahlias. I don't want Japanese beetles eating those. They're too expensive for me. But the geraniums do a great job of managing the Japanese beetles. Do you save your geraniums and uh, take them indoors in the I winter? do. I take them indoors, but they tend to get a little lanky and I don't always love them, but I try to and then put them out in the spring especially when I have so many of them. And, and with your cone flowers, mm -hmm. do you buy those early in the spring? Because I've learned recently that if you buy them in smaller pots and you buy them like some of these um, nurseries and um, other stores will sell them like later in the season and they're in smaller pots. So people take them home and they they try to get them to overwinter and they don't because they don't have the, the root system developed and it's really, really hot, at least out here on the plains. And if you don't get them in the largest size possible, they're more than likely not to overwinter. I did not know that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I just, I learned that uh, uh, about a couple months ago. So I'm passing that along to folks that in the, get it as early as you can in the spring if you love coneflowers and, and get them in the largest pot possible. I had no idea. That's excellent advice because I do love them. They come, they're so hardy and they come in so many colors and they do so well in our Colorado climate. Well, and the, and the breeding these days has just flooded the market with this uh, huge palette of colors and, and more compact plants. But the other thing with coneflowers is that Purchasing the seed and starting them from seed allows them to last longer in your garden. Otherwise, they're considered more of a short-lived 
plant, but they will reseed, but still that initial plant that you spent $15 on isn't gonna go past a couple of seasons and yet it will reseed, so. Have you tried growing them from seed? I have not, but- I have uh, not either. Se several of mine have reseeded and I, I haven't worried about it, so. Right, yeah, that's what I, mine have done as well. Do you grow, do you do many things from seed? Uh, from, from time to time, uh, we have for our community gardens out here, we've done that. Uh, well, I, have, I asked because I have a funny story. You know, my dogs are the reason I started my container gardens. So last year I decided I would try most of my vegetables from seed. And I was so proud of myself. I, you know, got a tray of, you know, 180, you know, plants that I, I meticulously cared for and just got my seedlings going. I had them growing up in my, uh, library upstairs, lights and everything. And I labeled, I had a big chart of every single plant that I was growing. And then because my dogs are large, they can reach anywhere. They knocked it off the counter onto the floor, 180 plants that I now had no idea which ones were which. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I planted them all in my containers. And then I was surprised in every container. Oh, a pumpkin. Oh, a squash. Oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> did you take pictures of that that year? I did. <laughs> well, it, it must have turned out pretty good. It turned out fine. It just goes to show it is truly an experiment or an adventure <laughs> every day. The other thing that happens that's sort of funny with my containers is the squirrels tend to plant things in them. So occasionally I'll look out and, oh, there's a stalk of corn because they plant corn cobs out there. They plant peanuts out there. I am always surprised at what the uh, squirrels are planting in my containers that I don't really want there. Well, the wildlife enjoys your container too. <laughs> they do. The wildlife and my neighbors. <laughs> well, that's great. So what are you planning for this season that's different? You know, I am trying to do some um, some gourds that have that are not grown as commonly anymore as they were. So I'm going to attempt to do some Hubbard squash, which we don't find, um, you know, in our grocery stores. More of those heirloom squashes and gourds that we just don't see very often. I'd like to experiment with them. They're fun to watch grow. The children in my neighborhood love to see the different shapes. And then our plan is that we will dry them and try and make, you know, a drinking gourd or, you know, some of the ladles. So that's going to be our experiment this year. Well, that sounds wonderful. Are you going to save seed from some of those plants? I think I will try that this year, as long as I, you know, don't have any dogs that eat them first. <laughs> oh, there is that. <laughs> well, so that's I, my plan. I, I can imagine cats, if you had neighborhood cats, they would come and dig in your containers as well. That is true. And luckily, we do not have any cats <laughs> oh, that are out. Just a few uh, bobcats, but they seem to stay away from my... Uh, gardens. I think the raccoons sort of like my uh, 
my produce, as do some of the birds. I couldn't figure out what was eating my tomatoes and it turned out to be, because there were big chunks coming out of them, um, but it turned out to be the robins that like my tomatoes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You just never know who's going to come to your garden and visit. So in closing, do you have any other suggestions or tips for the audience about container gardening that you've experienced over time? I'd say, you know, just go out and try it, especially because it is a, it's a safe place to experiment. Enjoy trying different colors. Do you want all of your pots to be shades of pink? Do you want all pinks in one pot? Do you experiment with colors, experiment with plants, try everything you could, no matter the size of your yard, the size of your space. If you live in an apartment or a condo, or you live in a house, you can do so much with and get some experience without the huge commitment of an in-ground garden. Be brave, grow things. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you, Krista, for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Happy growing. Yes, have a great season. You a, too. A thank you to the listening audience. And tune in next time when we get to the heart of the matter on another horticultural topic. <laughs>